Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs, people doing amazing things, and sharing those conversations with you today. So today, we have Patty Dominguez. and she, her mission is helping service-based female entrepreneurs claim their category of one, making their competition irrelevant. So today's talking all about walking away from a six-figure job, bulletproof your business, standing out in a crowded marketplace, and branding. So um, Patty, welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here, and I hope to add lots of value to people that are listening to this show. So thank you, Dr. Liu. Yes. Um, thanks for coming on. I know you're founder of Positioning to Profit, you're a best-selling author, advisor, and marketing expert. So, and you've, you know, uh, appeared on Smart Business, Investors Business Daily. So tell us more about your story, how you got started, and we'll go and see how we can add value to the audience. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Well, I love the the four freedoms that you talked about because I, interestingly enough, my highest value is freedom. And I didn't really, really realize it because I was always uh, taught growing up to go to school, to go to college, right? To get a good education, to get a good job. And so growing up, I, I came from parents that were blue collar employees. And then uh, their biggest wish for me was for me to have a job that where I had an office and a nice car. So that was the, the how they said, oh, she's successful. So I really, <laughs> it was interesting. So I really strive to make that happen. And it wasn't until I was in my corporate career. And then I was like, okay, well, now I have to go get my advanced degree. So I went to go get my MBA. And the higher the ladder I went, the more I recognized how much I wasn't a good fit. And it wasn't because I didn't have the opportunity to work with really brilliant minds or anything. It was just that the value system or what I was doing didn't necessarily mesh. And I didn't even understand those concepts, right? So I just knew that I'm like, oh, this wasn't for me. Well, in 2008, um, I was at the top of my career, so to speak, and I was doing really well from a, a financial standpoint. And I was unceremoniously let go, right? There was layoffs because of what happened with the economy. I was given a pink slip, so to speak. And I'll never forget, I was packing all my stuff in, in a cardboard box and I was walking out. I had this like big aha moment. I was like, oh, I'm no different than the French fry guy at McDonald's. Like my job 
is not an asset, right? So I started getting more educated on like, what can I can do to control my own environment, to control what was happening to me? And I really thought, I'm like, I'm never going to let that happen again. Probably find another job. But in the meantime, I think I want to go into, into this whole entrepreneurship thing. So long story short, I really recognized when I left my corporate job in 2013, I worked one day right? I was in a Fortune 50 company. I worked one day so that I could collect my big fat bonus. And then I ventured off into entrepreneurship, apples and oranges. I thought to myself, well, surely I could figure this out because I, right, I'm an educated woman. I've been in corporate for 18 years and all the things. And then I really came to recognize that entrepreneurship is a completely different thing. And one of the things that I negated for a really long time was the corporate experience that I had acquired. So when I quit my job, I was still doing some consulting, and it wasn't until I was in a consulting job that we were working on a new product introduction for a big company. I was a contractor, right? I was a, I was a consultant, and I was. I remember being on a Zoom call. There's a bunch of people on there, and everyone was talking about this product launch, and I I just had this moment. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone is talking about positioning of this cookie. It was a cookie. Like, how is the cookie going to be consumed? Is it men or women carrying it? And is it an on-the-go product? And, and all these things. And I recognize that the thing that was missing in the entrepreneur space was not enough people were talking about the power of positioning around standing out uniquely. And that's when I started to carve my own my own little corner of the market in the white space that I found is I help really entrepreneurs, anybody who is looking as a solopreneur to stand out uniquely, to set themselves apart. So going back to the positioning book from 1978, Al Reese, Jack Trout, right? A perennial classic where they talked about the power of positioning and what they talked about more than anything for corporations was brands that are looking to capture mindshare. So I thought to myself, well, that should apply to us as well. And as somebody that has been in the in, in the corporate space, I worked with many, many brands that were doing huge product launches on a global basis. They talked a lot about the importance of that, of positioning. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering why you're not standing out or you're not getting the attention, it's because that mindshare has not been captured. And therein lies what I do and what I help people with. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, you you say so many um, pearls and epiphanies. And I think, you know, last two years, you know, people come to realize that um, people rent jobs and and uh, there is, there's no loyalty. So, you know, and... Um, so really the best way, you know, you have to always look out for yourself and your best interests and you have to have diversify your income streams and not just be dependent on one. Um, and then this idea of marketing and positioning is so key because if, you know, that way you don't have to worry about your next computer, just worry about staying in your lane, you do your thing, you know, and then so you talk about, um, well, we'll talk about creating a category of one. Uh, mm -hmm. which is, you know, key. Tell tell us more about that. Well, creating a category one, again, it goes back to the idea of what is a mindshare you want to capture. So think about what it is that you do. If you say to me, and I could always tell when somebody has not focused on their positioning at all, which in all fairness, most people just don't, right? It's not anything that people focus on. Most people focus on the branding of their, of what they do. Like, a great logo, or they'll have their website and just people obsess about these things that yes, to some degree, they're important, but I would, I would challenge a thinking that positioning is more important. Okay. And the reason is because differentiation is at the core of what positioning is about. 
right? So different is better than better. Most people focus on, I have this degree or that degree, or I'm doing this in the marketplace, or these are my accolades. Unfortunately, that's not enough. I always see that as a cost of entry, perhaps, maybe a slight competitive advantage. But if you really want to focus on the differentiation aspect of it, you really want to make it so that your prospect and the receiving end is looking at things from like, what's in it for me? That's all they care about. So unfortunately, right, as somebody has advanced degrees as well, they don't care about our degrees. They just don't, you know? So what they care about is what's in it for them. How are you, professional, going to help me as your potential customer? So the question now on the table is, what are you known for? So if you're not sure what you're known for, I think it's as easy as doing some kind of a survey uh, to your peers, to prior customers, clients, to people that you admire, your mentors, your family, doing a simple quiz where you can add, or excuse me, a survey where you can ask people, what are some words or adjectives that you would use to describe me? What do you think I'm known for? What is the core talent or my zone of genius that you believe I have? And it's just to to get people's pulse on what they see about you, because sometimes, a lot of times, we're in the jar, so we can't really see the label from the outside. We don't know what we're known for. And so just starting there to see what are some power words that are coming through that I could really leverage. And if you're intending to grow a business based on that that thing that you do, your zone of genius, you want to make sure to differentiate. So I think the the survey is a great starting point, but then further alongside, it's creating a system that is unique to you. See, a lot of times we look at the competition and we're like, oh, that person is doing really, really well. Maybe that's the secret. I'll just do what they're doing. And unfortunately, that's just copycats, right? You're marketing like a copycat. And the only thing you're ever going to do is be the second best version of that person. And so the thing that 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 you bring to the table is unique to you. So part of that amalgamation of building that brand that is positioned differently as a category of one is adding your brand personality. It's adding what you stand for. It's adding your core values, like you heard me say, right? My top value is freedom. So if, for example, somebody doesn't resonate with that, that's part of my brand and people aren't going to resonate with you and that's okay. They can also see where in my marketing space, because I help people build their business online, there's a million online marketing people. So the question now becomes, well, how do I stand out? All of these things that I mentioned, and then creating a unique system for you taking people through the hell that they're experiencing to the heaven that they want, right? You become that bridge to transformation. And so all of these things become part of that positioning exploratory that you have to look for in order to stand out, to carve that white space and create that category of one. And when you do that, you're in essence creating yourself totally separate from the competition. You're actually depositioning them and you're standing out in a space where you can truly say, I am different in the marketplace. Yeah. And uh, what are the uh, big brands doing that personal brands are not in order to create this category of one? You know, really, you're not you really eliminate the competition just by being, you know, you. So what are some of the big brands doing? Yeah, quite frankly, I mean, it goes back to that story about the chocolate chip cookie. That's the perfect example because one of the things that among so many things is like market research, right? Market research is something that the big brands do and they spend a lot of money on market research. 
right? Really understanding the consumer, understanding the psychographics, demographics. Most people say, oh, yes, I've done the ideal customer profile. Yes, it's a man and he's the age of 20 to 40 and or they'll do something very macro level broad based, but it doesn't really give the specificity around the behavioral aspects of that potential prospect. Because one of the biggest things that I see that the big brands did for so long, I mean, they do it, is that they they want to understand how is this product going to be used? How, where are they watching it? How are they using it? What are they thinking about it? What is the time of day? Where are they when they're consuming this product or whatever, right? And I'm talking about a consumer packaged goods. But for example, for us, it's a similar situation. It's like, I look at things like the market research is everything to do with when I'm thinking about a prospects, I want to know their pain points, their wants, needs, desires, dreams, all of the things that 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 really bog them down of what they're thinking about. Because I will say to you this, and I think this is one of the biggest tips that I can give that I see where people go wrong. If your product or service is just a nice to have, it will not sell. It won't. Because I've seen so many times where people are like, oh, that's really great. Thanks for the webinar. And then they'll be like, that was really helpful. Thank you. And then they go off. Why? Because you didn't meet an urgent need because you didn't scratch that really deep itch that they were looking for. So this is all this type of work that the big brands are doing that we are not doing enough of. And this is, you can tell when people have an offer and you're like, but I'm making offers and it's not selling and this and that. I'm like, you're probably because it's a nice to have, right? Or you didn't understand truly what the market is interested in. The market's going to tell you whether they are interested in you or not. Quite as simple as that. They're going to tell you what they want and what they don't want. But one of the biggest things and opportunities is really ask yourself, is this product or service uh, answering a real need in the marketplace or is it just a nice to have? Because that will tell you, it'll tell you a lot about whether it sells or not. Yeah. These are really... uh key things and then um so really it sounds like from the big brands perspective you know you become irreplaceable you stand out um when people are building a personal brand what are some of the foundational principles upon that again going to the whole idea of what is it that you stand for what is it that is most important to you so creating the the philosophies by what you stand for right so there are some people that will take a very particular political stance, right? Well, now you know what they stand for. Other people are like, oh, I just kind of want to keep it general, this and that. Well, there are certain things that I stand for that I'm very specific on. Like, I believe that everyone should venture into entrepreneurship because it is the greatest personal development vehicle ever. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and to be able to set your own course that I don't wake up to an alarm clock and I did it for so long and I could I have no cap on my income and the opportunities that I've been able to amass. So my point in saying all this is that you want to be sure and be very clear of what it is that you stand for. When you are explaining what it is that you do, you want to be succinct. You want to be memorable. You want to make sure that if these people that have heard about you are at some kind of a cocktail party and they say, I really need, I got this backache and I really need a chiropractor, but I want somebody different. Somebody's going to give me something better. That person, then, oh my gosh, I know just the person you're, I, that I want to introduce you to, capturing Mindshare, right? So that that ability to capture Mindshare 
is only as good as the clarity in which you relay your message so that people remember it, so that they know what you stand for, so they can back you up and say, you know what, I really like her. And of course, there's going to be a risk there that there's going to be people who don't like you. You got to be okay with that because you're not for everybody. One of the worst things that you can do is say, oh, I help everybody. If you help everybody, you help nobody, right? So be more specific around who you're helping and who is really that person that you want to help. The other part of that I get is like, well, if I only help this person, is that going to take me away from helping others? No, not necessarily. But if you hone in, there's always going to be the ripple effect of other people that you can help and you will but you're focused on that one ideal. I call it a premium prospect, right? The premium prospect that you want to attract in your business. Yeah. These are all uh, very keys. And, uh, you know, as we're nearing the end of this podcast, you know, you've given so many very um, key ideas. How do you, in today's economy, you know, they're predicting next year is going to be a really bad year recession. Um, How do you bulletproof your business in today's uncertainty? Yeah, I definitely believe that you should have, when you're looking at your product suite, you can have different offerings for different people because let's face it, there's always going to be a premium, um, high ticket type of a market. People with a lot of money will still continue to have a lot of money. So again, it's all the positioning on what you want to be doing. Your product suite, you can have something lower cost, more leveraged. So I personally, in uh, in the offerings that I have, I, I have a community. And so I'm, I've moved over to two tiers, right? That more of the entry-level tier where I'm giving um, things that people really need to help them with their marketing, but I'm also keeping it to where I can build the leverage because the proximity to you should always come at a higher ticket, should always come at more of a premium. So as long as you have uh, the, the diversity of your product portfolio that takes care of those types of things just to keep it really brief. Yeah. And lastly, how do how can people follow you, contact you, um, subscribe to your your channel, etc.? So my podcast is called Positioning to Profit. If you just go on Apple iTunes or Spotify, look for Positioning to Profit. You can also find my website if you just go to positioningexpert.com. It'll take you right to my to my site. There's a lot of freebies in there. I talk about the three distinct pillars of positioning, internal, external, and then activation. Activation is like, where do I put my stuff? That comes after the, the, the internal and external positioning. So you can find lots of freebies. My most popular freebie is a positioning quiz. You can find that at positioningquiz.com. So thank you so much. Yes. And for all the listeners out there, Patty's resources will be in the links and show notes. Thanks for a great episode and dropping so much alpha for all the listeners out there. Be sure to check Patty's resources. And with that, thanks for coming on to the show. Appreciate you, Dr. Lou. Thank you so much for the opportunity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you like it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next.